Only thing I'm plugging is Forgotten Seasons. All right, welcome back, Matt. I think like two and a half years ago, we we did this, uh, the first episode of Forgotten Seasons and a little bit has changed since then. We talked about the magic then, um, but man, it, it's been quite the two and a half years since then. I think me personally, a uh, lot has changed since then. So it's great to be back here. I know a lot of stuff is going around, but I'm excited just to get right back into this because man, this is kind of where it all started. Yeah, man, it definitely started two years ago. I did your show, man. I was a huge fan of your show. Um, obviously, all the smoke was over at Showtime at the time, and I, I hit Brian Day, and I'm like, we got somebody. He's like, what do you mean? It's like, this young kid's got his shit together. He's doing it all by himself, him and his brother. Like, I like his energy. And, man, two years later, man, you're you're one of the top dogs in all the smoke production. So it, it definitely has come full circle. Yeah, yeah, love what you do, you know, love what you bring to the table. Um, you know, obviously adding Jelani to your podcast and his, uh, his, his computer mind. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for everybody. You know what I mean? Like this, this shit is dope. The, 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 the building of our production company has been an amazing journey. We've been able to, you know, bring some talented people in. We're building our foundation. We've been the line. So this is, uh, two and a half years ago, bro. Uh, a lot has changed. Like you said. Yes, sir. Yeah, the computer mind to the equation was, uh, you know, it's to, to be determined what the outcome of that is. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk your shit on your show, dude. Hey, Delaney said you got to earn your nah, shit. I'm this playing. ain't just giving, motherfucker. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm just yeah, Dylan. You go watch yeah, how Dylan. this show goes, dude. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> so, to, uh, first time uh, I had you on, we talked about the 2010 magic. Uh, we're going to go a year before that. I'm going to give you a fact that you might not know. Four, the four best teams to miss the playoffs in the modern NBA, you were on two of them in back-to-back years. The 2008 Warriors and the 2009 uh, Suns, two of the four mm. best teams to miss the playoffs in the modern era, uh, both loaded wow. rosters. And this Suns team, I think it comes at, a, at an interesting point. I'm going to get into the team a little bit later. But I think for you, man, like – you look at your career, 2009, this is the sixth consecutive year that you've signed a one-year contract. And obviously, even a one-year contract in the NBA, it's it's good money. You know, there's going to be people who say, oh, you got nothing to complain about. But what is it like kind of being in the NBA circle around all your teammates when you're a dude that you don't know if the next year you're going to even have a job? Like, when you think back to that time of your life where it's like year after year, no stability, like... What, what do you think of and, and, and what were you, what type of mental state were you in where it's one year after the other one year contracts? Uh, it was just a journey, a grind. You know what I mean? When people say embrace the journey, like I wouldn't change nothing, man, because I was hungry. I was a dog, uh, whether it was basketball or fighting, like I was going to make it. You know what I mean? So each year I would get to show a little bit. Uh, you know what? So I, I was drafted, went to the G League. Um, get a call up from the Clippers, play well there. Uh, we're a terrible team. This is D Miles, uh, not, not, no, excuse me, not D Miles, Q Rich, uh, Keon Dooling, Chris Kamen was a rookie, Bobby Simmons. Uh, you know, weren't a very good team, uh, but had a situation to go back. Um, I think it was like two years at the minimum. Um, but then this, I was going home in the offseason, every offseason to work out, and this is when the Kings were popping. You know what I mean? So this is C-Web, 
Bib, Jay Willard just left. They're battling the, the, the Lakers in, in, in the Western Conference Finals. So I'm home all summer. I'm like, damn, I'm from SAC. It would be dope to play here. So I just worked out at um, uh, up in SAC all summer. And Rick Adelman came to me, uh, and, and we had a discussion and, and obviously had the Clipper opportunity, but it was just kind of a dream come true to play at home. C. Webb was the big homie already. Uh, you know, the team is good. So I, I signed there. Uh, you know, C. Webb's coming off a knee injury. He gets traded to Philly and on starts my journey. You know what I mean? So I went from, you know, kind of a, I think it was a guaranteed situation with the Clippers. I would have been there two more years to went to Sacramento, got traded at the, uh, at the trade deadline to Philly. Philly was a nightmare for me personally. Um, didn't get a chance to play for like two years. So I'm at the kind of 2005, six, like, damn, am I going to be in the league? I continue to bounce some teams. I had an opportunity to play the Clippers. I played with the Kings a little bit, but I didn't get no burn in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm like, shit. So I'm in the summertime. This is when my brother's just getting out of college. So I'm doing football workouts and basketball workouts in the summertime, not really knowing what's going to pop. I mean, I'm just like, shit, you know, I had really had no teams calling after that, you know, two years in Philly without getting a chance to play. Uh, I told my agent just like, you know, I'm a better football player than basketball. I was just doing this shit because I loved it. But fuck it, let's go do football. So we had some NFL teams uh, that summer. I was going to, um, you know, end up, you know, doing some try, uh, uh, you know, close tryouts for. Um, but then Baron Davis calls me. Um, I'm in sack summertime. He hits me up. He's in the Bay. He's like, hey, bro, we're. You know, we're going to play. 2006. We're going to hoop. Uh, you this know, is right before. 2006. Yeah. <clears throat> so we're going to hoop in the Warriors facility. Um, come down to fuck with us. So that's like, you know, 90 minutes, a little bit more from SAC. So I pushed down there, go out there, play really well, like really well. And I didn't know that Don Nelson was watching um, practice. He comes down, puts his arm around me. Like, son, we got a full team. We have a full training camp. We don't even have a spot, but if I'm going to invite you to training camp. And if you play like you did today, I can't promise you nothing, but I'm going to give you an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, really? Ma- 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 why, do you, why do you feel like you were able to thrive in those situations, being on one-on-ones and sitting out two years and then just being able to get a call? Because you was always down to go to SAC or go to the Clippers or, hey, we going up here and for the runs and you leave with a job you know what i mean how do you you know a lot of people in, be in those runs mm-hmm. and be free agents but not everybody mm-hmm. leaves with a job mm-hmm. well, why do you think like you were so cut for you know that cutthroat uh, of an opportunity and why did you thrive in those uh i think at that point jelani i had thrown away what i thought i wanted to do in the league and found mm-hmm. out what i needed to do in the league like, bro, I got to play defense. I got to be a fucking dog. I love football, so physicality was nothing to me. I loved it. I loved the competitiveness. I loved just being, like, mean out there. And, and, and not in no asshole type way, but if it had to be an asshole type way, I didn't mind taking it there. Like, I was just a super – I would always say, like, I was a football player playing basketball. So, but, like, when I was physical, like, I loved it. I loved the physicality of the game. So, anyway, long story short – Nelly gives me an opportunity to come to training camp. I beat out everyone they invite to training camp, start playing so well. And it was funny because Mitch Richmond just talked about this the other day on the show when he was at All-Star. I was playing so well, and I was playing like the two, three, four, sometimes even five. So you have a free agent dude that's on a minimum deal, and I start playing so well that it makes Dunleavy, who they gave some bread to, True Murphy, who they gave some bread to, like, hey, let's go see if we can use these guys because they're still solid guys. They weren't necessarily fitting into the new way this team was going with Bar- at Barron's lead. So they get trade. They, we, that happens. We trade to get stacked. 
you know what I mean? And then the, the rest is history. The following year, my mom dies at the beginning of the season. So I'm thinking I'm going to get a mid-level deal off that Golden That We Believe run because they're talking about me all over TNT. Like, oh, yeah, this you guy is one of the shot. best. You hit huge uh, shots in, like, game six. Big shots. Big shots, crunch time. Huge. Mm-hmm. Did my thing, you know what I mean? And so story goes with that. Everyone's telling me, and I should have fucking listened. Everyone's telling me, like, yo, you need to get a bigger agent because I had like a homegrown, a homegrown guy with mm. my guy Gus Armstead, whose son is Eric Armstead, who plays for the Forty Niners. The homie. His dad was my guy, and he he was my workout guy in SAC, and he connected me to a guy in the East Coast, um, and I was with him, smaller guy, did his job, grinded for me. But I'm starting hearing all this other shit. Are you gonna get, you know, thirty five million? Woo, woo, woo. You know, I think it was a five year for thirty five at that time, July. If I'm not mistaken, it would be Dallas. seven a year. Those. Those were the deals they're supposed to give. So I I'm hearing that I had Dan Fagan rest in peace, um, that Dan had a nice mid-level deal for me coming off the Dallas situation or he had it or he was working on it. And I was like, Mm -hmm. dope. He's like, yeah, I think I'm going to be able to get you the mid-level of Dallas. So I'm like, hell yeah, I go on vacation. I come back and I see that they assigned Stackhouse Mm -hmm. and Devin George, I think, with that money. And I hit Dan, and he's just like, you know, they were at a certain number, and I wanted to get to a certain number. I'm just like, so you tricked off more money. So he did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So I went, in and tra- I went and tried to find him. I was about to he call up me. on Dan. I wanted he's to. Lucky. He's, I wanted he's to. lucky I couldn't. The disappearing. Because you guys think Jelani, like, yeah. Deal after yeah, our, man. The way our career goes. And we, hey, man, that's real. That's, that's real. life that's or death, bro. Yeah, life or death. And yeah, so think yeah. about it. So now I, so I'm thinking I'm going to be getting $7 million a year, five years, seven, mm-hmm. seven a year. Um, once that falls through, this is how I, I the end of my career in, in Golden State went. So they offered me a, a three-year – Golden State off the rip offered me three years, $12 million, So $4 million a year. And Nelly's like, you know, from Nelly's point of view, he was trying to lowball me, but also thinking like I gave this motherfucker a chance. So he, this is what it is. But I'm hearing all this other shit. I'm trying to go get my money. So when the shit falls through, the shit falls through, I have to go back to Golden State. And at that time, he only let me sign like the 12 was off the table. He only let me sign a one year deal. So I do a one year deal, four million for that second year after the We Believe team. So the very beginning of the season, November first, my mom died or was diagnosed with cancer. She dies the twenty seventh. So twenty six days. Needless to say, I'm fucked up. So right when I'm starting to feel better, I remember this like it was yesterday. Nelly pulls me outside of practice. I've never told this story. He's like, I'm glad you didn't sign a long term deal here. Your time here is up. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, like what you mean, like? You know, my mom just died. Your time is up. And you may not play the rest of the season. So I'm like, damn, like the dude that opened the door and allowed me to, you know, he he allowed me to do my thing. I I made a name for myself that we believe season. I'm back there. My mom dies. I'm going to, and, and by the way, Golden State was great. Like everyone came to the funeral. They were letting me miss practice. Like it was, they were uh, unbelievable. And that's when me and Jack became real tight was Jack mm-hmm. was instrumental during those days for me. But Natalie pulled me outside, bro, and told me like, I'm glad you didn't sign a long-term deal. Your time here is up. So I'm thinking at, at the time, I'm thinking like, what the fuck? But then I'm also older. Once I got older, I was just like, this man gave me a chance. And then he offered yeah. me 12 million out you know the next year and i didn't take it because i thought my fucking agent had 35 million so then i have to go back with my tail between my legs and take four million and needless to say like nelly stuck to his word bro i didn't play that barely spare there'd be i remember one game i was four for four from the three-point line and played like 
13 minutes. Like Nelly was not fucking with me that next season. I just, and I've seen, I've heard stories about Nelly, how one day he's great and the next day he'll flip on you. He did the he same shit about Harrington. Bro, he gets cold. But that, that, um, that, so that, anyway, that whole we believe situation dismantled. Like, I mean, they had, they crazy. had that next season where you guys, again, were really good. You didn't miss the playoffs, but then two years later, I mean, I think Monte stack gets traded. Monte is like the last one standing. So the incredible high of that 2007 run, was almost immediately followed. Didn't have a chance. Didn't even have a chance. And then also, too, like, remember Mitch told us, shout out the Mitch interview, check out Mitch Richmond, whenever it comes out and all the smoke, how close we were to getting Kevin Garnett that year. You know, and KG even said, like, hey, you know, he, what do you call it? The town or Oakland was on, you know, was on my, you know what I mean? So that team, what could have, should have, would have, could have, would have, it was, is insane. But all that shit lands me in Phoenix, man. And this is Phoenix. I thought Orlando, Boston were opportunities. Clippers, Lakers were kind of, but Phoenix just, you know, went out and grabbed me. And this is in the midst of, you know, I got two Isaiah and Carter on the way, bro. You know what I mean? So we're, we're out in Phoenix. We're in a new city. Isaiah and Carter are on the way. And, and, and I'll become a dad at the, you know, they're born November 6th of the very beginning. of so I lost my mom the season before the very beginning of the season and, and, and come around the twins come the year after. So, you know, I'm in a good mental space, um, you know, after the loss of my mom with my boys uh, being born. The new, new babies are big dude, I tell you. I can't imagine having the twins. Mm-hmm. Two That's kind of beautiful. Yeah. Like you lose your mom. And I had, to learn, I had to learn the hard way, too, because, I mean, you guys know how hands I am, I am with my kids. I was trying to be up, and, and me and my ex had a system where they'd wake up every two, two and a half hours, and she would get one. They'd be like five, six minutes apart. So she'd start doing one. She's breastfeeding one. By the time the first one's done, the second one's just waking up. So I put the other one on the other titty. I would burp <laughs> Isaiah. Uh, <laughs> I burp Isaiah, change his diaper, and get him back down. And I was trying to do that shit with her, but I, I learned very quickly. Like on game nights, bro, I can't do that. I'm sorry, babe, but I gotta sleep in the spare room. Hey, I got a lot. I'm on in. a one year deal. If I was on the three year deal, maybe I could do it. Come on, man. Yeah, Sorry. if I had some, if I had some guy, comfort, yeah. yeah. So set, I gotta get my rest. setting the scene in Phoenix. I think you get there at a pretty interesting time. So obviously Nash gets there in 2005, and they come close a few times. They lose to the Spurs three years in a four year window. Um, right before you get there, you kind of start to see like the dismantling of the initial team. D'Antoni leaves to New York right after that season. They make a big trade before you get there, sending Marion out and Shaq comes in. So this is kind of a new iteration of that Suns team. Uh, Grant Hill is there. Uh, like I said, Steve Nash, Shaq, uh, they trade for Jay Rich midseason. Amari is on the last year of his deal. They're kind of shopping him there. But they so D'Antoni leaves and Terry Porter comes in. And mm. I, mm. I, 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 want, mm. I want you to get into it, but like Terry Porter goes uh, publicly, you know, before the season and basically says like, you know, no team has ever won a championship playing run and gun. We're going to establish defense. I heard that he in practice would only keep score on like defensive stops. So he basically said like all that run and gun seven seconds or less, like that stuff was cute, but we're going to do defense first. Shaq's there, so you can't really run and gun like they did, but uh, you were there for kind of this new wave and new era of the Suns, D'Antoni being out, him being the godfather of that running gun offense. Like, what were those first days with Terry Porter like trying to implement that new Ooh. system? Mm. 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 Nasty. Ah. 
Nasty. You had a training camp. Did you have a training camp with Terry Porter? Well, we had a training camp with Terry Porter. This motherfucker was making us do making us do Indian runs where we were all yes. jogging around the court, and the last person yep. comes around. He had us doing the drill with the ball above our head. So think about it. We got Shaq <laughs> five coming off a motherfucking rebounded. you know four or five championships. I don't know how you made it at that time. Nash is yeah. a fucking MVP. Amari is a monster at this time. And he's in this, having us do this high school, college type shit. And he was so adamant on kind of giving us, uh, you know, his new style of basketball. Or, excuse me, that organization new style of basketball. And that shit just didn't work. Um, you know, and, and, and I love Shaq. Shaq's great. But obviously, Shaq's game doesn't fit in that system. You know what I mean? So we're caught between trying to run and gun. But also, you got to feed the big fella because it's the big fella. You know what I mean? So it's just like the, the contrast of styles don't work uh we show flashes of greatness and then you know it, it shit kind of sets in the training camp that summer though we were scrimmaging and that's when amari almost got his eyeball poked out oh shit so you know everyone knows amari for his glasses at the very beginning he gets his um his eye poked and that shit almost came out man fucked him up um Bro, i don't know how long, i don't know how long he was out go ahead He'd be wanting to do the five-minute war rebounding. When I was with Milwaukee with him in training camp, he's, he abandoned two-a-days for one four-hour practice. And when I tell you it was a, a, a Marine war hero movie in there, I'm talking about five-minute war <laughs> rebounding, those runs, all of that. Besides, like, you got, you got to re, you really go through mm-hmm. it in the Terry Porter training camp for yeah. sure. Well, I, 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 I don't even want to say that him being burnt out, TP being burnt out, well, I, I think it was just we were scrimmaging and he got poked. But, yeah, no, everything you said, I mean, shit was – you just couldn't get that type of vibe off with that team. That team wasn't mm-hmm. really going. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, think I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find a home, so I'm doing whatever the fuck I got to do. I'm just out there. I'm listening to everything and whatever. I'm cool. I'm going to chop it up with the players after, but I'm locked in. So, uh, long story short, Amari gets his, gets his eye poked. Uh, I think he misses, I mean, Dylan, I'm sure you're going to check. He missed a lot of games that season. Uh, Terry Porter gets fired, I think in fucking January or February, like the fastest firing. Yeah. The, was it, it might've been like one of the quickest firings at that time, mm-hmm. uh, in NBA history. And I was just like, whoa. This shit is real over here. Um, and then Alvin Gentry comes up, and Alvin Gentry's cool, laid back, different style. Obviously, understands what they were trying to do, so we try to put it together. But I really think missing Amari all those games uh, really hurt us. Um, you know, but we had some depth. You know, we had a talented team, but it just it it, it wasn't. We got we got off to such a negative like way of Terry, the way Terry wanted us to work. And then, you know, at All-Star break, we completely changed. But there's only fucking 35 games left after All-Star, 30 games Sucks. after All-Star. So we never really got to go. I read that, uh, like you said, you started the season pretty bad and then you started playing well. But uh, you're also playing the four for a lot of that when Amari's out. And like this is a mm-hmm. time in the West when the four position, it's uh, Dirk, it Tim real. Duncan, Pow, Zach Randolph. So you're having to play the four. I want to, uh, I want to go back a little bit and – like I said at the top, you're one of the few people that, uh, you know, were on some of the best teams that missed the playoffs, but you're also one of the few people that played uh, on a team owned by Ron, uh, uh, Donald Sterling and Robert Sarver. So I got a, I got, I got, I got a question for you. There's, he said I got a way of finding <laughs> it. <laughs> so we're going to play a little game, but first I want to ask, if you had to go out and just have a, a, a night out with Robert Sarver or Donald Sterling, there are only two doors you had to do. Who would you choose? Oh. 
Donald Sterling may be a little bit creepy. You got to go. You got to choose one. I, 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 I probably just wouldn't go, Dylan. Um, if I had to choose one, I don't know. Sarver, I never had no issues with either of them while I was with her. And I never had no issue with Sterling the whole time, to be honest with you. Like, when that shit came up, I'm like, my motherfucking high school is almost burned down by the KKK. I'm not worried about what this old-ass man is saying. Um, I had a problem with uh, uh, um, Sarver after I mm-hmm. left because he said some slick shit to one of my homies on the team. And they literally told me right after. I'm not going to give his name away, but they told me. So I didn't have a problem with Sarver there. Uh, to answer the question, I would probably... Uh, I would go with Sterling just because I really don't fuck with Sarver. Have you guys read? Have you, really have you shout out to Baxter Holmes who follows the page and he broke that Sun story. Have you like read or seen some of the things that the people within the Suns organization, like hundreds of people said that Sarver did? I can see the I never personally saw mm. those type of actions, but he's out there. He's loud. He always has to be the, the, the center of attention at, at events. He's like, he's like rat boy entitled like energy and like nothing you know whatever he does just goes you know what i mean so when i when i heard what they said he did i'm just like i can only imagine are you guys cool with playing a little game and me reading off some of the things that confirmed he did (laughs) sure we can say what is it true no so 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 we're gonna play a game no i mean all these things are true like these happen like this is what people say do you guys know the blind rank game have you seen those videos? So, like so there's there's seven things that he that he did, and without knowing what the next one was, we're gonna play a game. Matt, you're the owner of the Suns, and this is if somebody within your organization did this. From one to seven, one being the most fireable offense, seven being <laughs> let it slide. You got to rank them one yeah. to seven. All right. Okay. So we're going to start off. Robert Sarver, uh, there was a team meeting and he passed around a picture of his wife in a bikini to all the employees and talking about times where his wife performed oral sex on him. So would that be one to seven? Where where are you putting that? Just weird. Um, I'm going to give that. I'm going to put that in the middle. Let me give that a four. Okay. Right. During Lamarcus Aldridge's during Lamarcus Aldridge's free agency meeting in 2015 with the Suns, the team knew that Aldridge had young children in Texas and that playing near his children was a priority for him. Sarver remarked to two basketball operations staffers that the Suns needed to have local strippers impregnated by NBA players so those players would have children in the Phoenix area and feel obliged to be closer to them. Um, five. Because I, I have a feeling some shit's coming, so I'm, I, I don't. I want to leave. I want to leave the top open. Good but, you know, that's just weird. Like both those are weird. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Taylor Griffin, Blake Griffin's brother, was uh, in the weight room. He didn't have that much hair on his legs, and Sarver asked if he uh, shaved his legs. Griffin said yes, and then Sarver asked him if he shaved his balls too. I feel like that's fair. That's the least. That's, yeah. you know, that's fair. I mean, you can get yeah. away with that, considering yeah. all this that's other weirdo ish. Yeah. Like, I feel like he can get a, he can let that slide. That's get that one to seven. Yeah, six. six yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this is bad. This one's <clears throat> bad. Um, Twenty thirteen, he uh, hired Lindsey. They fired uh, Alvin Gentry. This is in twenty thirteen, and everyone thought they were going to hire Dan Marley, who was like with the organization for a while really good player. Mm-hmm. They hired Lindsey Hunter over him, also a former Duh. player, but inexperienced. 
And Sarver's rationale for hiring Hunter over Marley was that these N-words need an N-word. And he didn't abbreviate it. Yeah. There you go. Show mm. your two colors. Uh, mm. Let me get that number. Mm. Let me give you that. Let me give that. Let me give that. Uh, I want to give it a two, but that's fucking crazy. So I'm going to give it a okay. one. I think that might be one. Uh, he, uh, the, the Suns needed to really like find their future face of the franchise. The GM Ryan McDonough at the time wasn't uh, finding much success. Uh, Diana, he was a mess. He was young too. Yeah. Right? He was a mess. Uh, that was remember uh, yeah. Tyson Chandler said that like he had no idea. They drafted Devin Booker and remember they had like no idea that he was good. And they didn't know who he yeah. was or yeah. what he yeah. was. So <clears throat> he was uh, the Mercury, which is the WNBA team, had Diana Taurasi, who was like one of the best players ever. Sarver really wanted McDonough to like find the goat. Like he wanted the Suns to get their goat, like Tarasi. So he put a literal goat in McDonough's office as a metaphor, and the goat shit all over the office. <laughs> I like that. I'll get that. Okay. I'm not tripping. Off, I'm not tripping off that. Like I want you to see. Goat's my gonna go. Yeah, yeah. going to go. Uh, he he pants the 25-year-old uh, account executive during the ALS ice bucket challenge in front of more than 60 employees. Guy or girl? Guy. Guy? <laughs> uh, that's crazy. That's three. Good question. So the, la- the, the last one, has, yeah, if you pant, you pants a woman, like, that's, yeah, crazy. that's crazy. Yeah, you got it. So that's three. So this last one has to be number two. Yeah. Hopefully it's good. Yeah. Uh, it's just weird again. I mean, I think uh, four former employees said that in several all staff staff me- all staff meetings, Sarver claimed that he needed to wear Magnum <laughs> or extra large condoms in just a team meeting. Clown, clown. <laughs> oh man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. All right. Well, that was the game. So I think I think you I think you chose number one, right? But um, that's all to say that the this if you ask kind of Suns fans about that era, if you remember, like this dude was a cheapskate, like he traded like first round picks for money year after year after year. And I think at the end of this Suns run, where you enter the picture, like the team was old as hell. Uh, mm-hmm. Nash is like thirty four. Grant Hill's thirty seven. Shaq's thirty seven. So. That was the Robert Sarver blind rank game. Hey, there was a there was a time, and I meant I I, I want to say it was Gentry, but uh, G Hill was starting uh, when I got there, and there was a time I want to say it was once Gentry, and I, I started playing well, kind of took Grant's spot, 
And I love Grant to death. He's one of my favorite players growing up. Like it was weird. Like I was in a kill or be killed mode, but I like, I kind of felt a certain way. Cause obviously, like I said, he's getting older at the time. And although G is cool, like I felt almost an energy shift and it hurt my heart. Cause I'm like, yo, this is one of my, him and Magic were my two favorite players. So I'm playing with mm. my favorite player ever. Uh, and now I've taken his spot and I kind of, like I said, he was always cool, always professional, never did no sucker shit, but I kind of just felt like a small energy shift for a while. And then, you know, once, you know, once we continue to move forward, it was fine. But that was kind of like a certain point I remember because it's still, this is still early in my career. You know what I mean? Like I have, I've had one good season under my belt. The next season, my mom mm -hmm. dies. I'm out here in Phoenix trying, I'm fighting for my life. You know what I mean? But I just remember that moment when, um, you know, I got, I got the starting nod over G and it was kind of like a, like a, it hurt my heart a little bit. Mm. It's unfortunate, but it happens in the NBA. I've mm -hmm. been through a similar the, situation, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. you got to do what you got to do. Like you said, we out here fighting for a lot of lives yeah. on these ones. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the one ain't, is a partial guarantee until January. So, you know what I mean? It's really not no games to be played with people out here on one-year deals. And then the dynamic within the locker room when everybody's comfortable and they know you on your one. You know what I mean? There's just a whole world within non-guarantees, guarantees, the one year, you know, the one million versus the 85. So you got to remember it's all humans mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Like you got to do what you got to do. I remember too, what was also fun about, like I had a blast there, by the way, like Phoenix fans were dope. Was city, was you, a, yeah. city was amazing. Restaurants, mm -hmm. bars, mm -hmm. um, beautiful. Um, Shaq, holy shit. He was a funny demon well, we heard, in the we, locker We've heard the bro. Lou Amundsen story and we've heard oh, the, uh, the riding a trike naked. Was there anything else? He rode Lou's bike with his butthole all over. Cause Lou used to have one of those big beach cruisers. He put his naked butthole all over. See, Shaq would just randomly get naked and, and, and corner somebody, you know, corner trainers, corner players. Like, chase you on the court. Oh, yeah, man. He fucking. But naked in his shoes. Yeah. I think I told this, but somehow he got Lou's bike on the top. You know, that there's like two tiers to the stoplight. Somehow fucking Shaq during practice got Lou's bike put on the top one. Like he had to call somebody to get that motherfucker down. Uh, Lou filled up his car. Shaq had a new black van at the time or like a van. And Lou filled his car up with popcorn and got all this fucked up the seats. Got it all buttery and greasy. Mm -hmm. But then also on the flip side, Shaq was the homie. Mm -hmm. So you got to think. Let me tell you how basketball-wise started. So we're teammates, and Shaq is bringing his family over. Shawnee's coming over. This is when I'm with Gloria, and we would we would spend – we would hang out often. Like, you know, Shaq's kids that are older now, like I when they were little, little, like when they were Ashton's days, you know, and even younger, they used to be chilling. The, the twins are just born, so we got two little babies. They have their kids, but Shaq and Shawnee used to kick it. So one day Gloria comes to me and, like – you know, like, Shawnee has this idea about a show, and da-da-da-da-da, and I'm thinking, like, hell no, you know what I mean? Like, we just, you know, we just got to a new team, we just had some babies, we don't need to do this reality shit. And I didn't really know what it was at the only time, at that time, it's only Flavor of Love at the time, and that shit was, you know, that shit was a train wreck, you know what I mean? So I'm thinking, like, nah, so me and her are going back and forth for maybe a month, month and a half, and then Shaq comes and tells me, like, it's Shaq's fault that that, that, that shit got popping so he comes to me one day like man let her do it you know they're gonna be you know stepping outside of our shadows and raising our kids and you know they'll he get said the fuck out. hey and they'll get the fuck out of our hair <laughs> and i'm like ah, come on bro like i'm in a different part of my relationship than you are with yours like but long story short he talked me into it bro and then basketball wise miami started the next season 
when I went to Orlando and, and they, they mixed the shit and then that's when Tiger Woods was popping and Tiger used to be at all of our magic games. So then the first time I'm on basketball wise at a dinner, these girls are asking me, man, well, you know, Tiger Woods just did this, this and that. Like, what do you guys do when you're on the road? I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm out of here. So like, mm-hmm. that's so that Phoenix time Shaq started the motherfucking basketball wise shit uh, with, with, with my ex and, and, and his wife and. You know, the rest is history. I think they're on season like 25 was of the, basketball. Was that, was, that, was that the first one? That was the original one, bro. That's when they had Evelyn, oh, and, Evelyn in Miami and Jennifer and um, Shawnee. How many, and it was, how, many how many people like know you as Matt Barnes from Basketball Wives compared to him? Hey, I'm not, I'm not even going to – bro, I'm not even going to front. I wasn't even mad. Like at first I'm like, nah, but I, it, it, it opened me up to another mm-hmm. demographic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Not everybody mm-hmm. watches sports. You know, some, some people like those weirdo reality – shit you know what i mean and it opened me to a whole new demographic of people it's been weird you know because my career is you know a a gang of one-year stops until i started getting deals but i'm recognized everywhere and i don't say that conceitedly i'm saying like i'm recognized like i was like an all-star you know what i mean because i think the mix of the reality tv uh the off the off the court fighting shit uh IG, Kobe, you know i uh yeah you know the kobe <laughs> flinch like i've done yeah. a lot of shit that people mm-hmm. like either you love me or hate me i'm not really tripping off that but like i get recognized a lot even though i know as an nba i was a journeyman you know what i mean i played you know 15 years i was a journeyman but i get i think because of the reality and then off the court scuffles and and and, and you know viral moments on the court like people you know, people recognize me from different, you know, lanes now. How do you feel about that term, journeyman? Uh, Jelani, I really don't mind it, to be honest with you, bro. Mm-hmm. What I what I've liked to be on, you know, one team for my whole career, maybe maybe two or three. Yeah, but at the same time, bro, I got to play with a shitload of Hall of Famers. Got to go to some dope, got, got to go to some dope cities. Met a lot of people, was in a lot of different markets, you know what I mean? So again, I, you know, a journeyman might stay in a couple, you know, but you're in different markets, different, uh, you know, media markets and, and it's more recognition. And I just felt like I had a blast, man. I was, you know, I wasn't even supposed to make the league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I turned 15 years of professional basketball, man. Like I look at it as just like a huge blessing who and it's allowed me to move post-career different you know what i mean yeah, like the fact has, that i went yeah. to I, I went to ucla that played for the lakers and the clippers in la like doors are opening you guys know business shit like people just hit me and, and dots connect um so you know although it, my numbers weren't crazy you know every team i played on i either started or was one of the first guys off the bench um i always made an impact looking back i think my like kill or be killed mentality is probably why I bounced around because I was just on some dog shit. Like I wasn't really, you know, if a coach says something crazy, I'll hold my mouth. I'll hold, you know, I'll, I'll hold it back as long as I can, but I'm just not going to be disrespected. So I've lashed out at people. Uh, I got a lot of technical fouls, but it was passion. So, you know, you have to really understand it. Like I always say the teams I played on, like the guys probably hated playing against me, but loved playing with me, yeah. but also didn't know what I brought to the locker room. You ask any team I played. I was on, just like, about to ask room. you that. How, how hard is it to walk into different locker rooms? It's, you know, you know me year after school. year. You know yeah. me, Jelani. You know me, Jelani. Mm-hmm. I'm so cool and laid back. Like people think because mm-hmm. I played a certain way on the court that I'm always like I'm cool. I'm always high. You know what I mean? So I'm always on some cool kickback shit. Like I, I can be friends. 
I befriended all the best players. I, like I was kicking with AI when I wasn't even playing in Philly, going to Atlantic City, getting my own hotel rooms and sending Louis the Fourteenth there. And I'm up there playing fucking Madden all by myself. Like, Kobe was my dog. I fucked with Steve. Uh, CP, CP was my, you know what I mean? So I've always found a way, even knowing what I am and what I make, to just be me. And I'm always going to be cool. So, you know, I always, there, I always had to kind of be careful when I was gambling because I wasn't making the 20 millions a year. But I'm you a hustler, did. so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and get yeah. my money, though. You know what I mean? I'm going to make sure get I, out I of there. get my get money. Out of there, yeah, man, I'm going to get mm-hmm. in out of there. But so I've just always been, mm-hmm. you know, to answer your question, like wherever I've gone, it's just been comfortable. You know what I mean? Like I'm a natural mm-hmm. leader from a standpoint. I've never been the best player, but and I don't talk a ton. But when I talk, people listen because they know I'm going to run through a wall on the court. You know what I mean? So it's just like I just always play my ass off and 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 looked at every game as if it was my last because I was on so many one year deals. Like the one year approach has got to be like not only am I playing for the Suns at this time, but this is for the rest of the league to see me. Yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? And once I kind of figured out like this is just about you know Doc Rivers says be a star in your role. I figured that out early. Like you know. Once I got a chance to play and do shit, like where can I fit in? All right, I can. So this is before the term three and D came out. Like I was like, I, I could, I could shoot corner threes and I could play defense. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll get in there and mix it up for you. But also, you know, I can make, I can make plays and do all that kind of shit. So each team, I kind of crafted my game, but understood what my role was. Like, yeah, would I like to shot more and score more points? Hell yeah, but that just wasn't my fucking job. You know, what I mean? and that's why I feel like I played as long as I did and, and left on my terms. You got to think I left. On a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. I played one year right. of that three-year contract and I retired. So I got paid for two more years of service. So it's just like once I kind of figured out be a fucking star in your role, it was it, – I could have played until, you know, probably until I was 40. Did you ever – What's left out in this too – what's left out in this too is the wear and tear that takes out in your body. If you're on one-year deals, you can't really do the IR. Oh, hell so no. you're going to have to mask a lot of injuries. You're not going to be I feeling right a lot during the season. So yeah, Exactly. I broke probably eight out of the 10 fingers I played in, sprained. Like, I, I couldn't sit out. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm, you know, I'm smoking weed. My homeboys have some biking in every once in a while. I would, if I took one of those, I'd have to fucking hydrate myself down and get that out of my system because that would have been a major. But at the time, I don't have the luxury of sitting out for injuries. So I'm playing through. Exactly. And I'm a football, and I'm a football player. So I'm not trying to sit out for shit anyway. Is the, uh, I mean, I'm just trying to be out there and play. Is the Suns medical staff, like, is it true what they say about them? Great. Because a lot of players, they were amazing. like, even if they're, Coming yeah. off an ACL, they'll go to Phoenix. Yeah. What makes their medical staff? I'm glad you said like that. They're dude. just dope. They're just yeah. dope. They're very in tune. Great people, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a great shout out to the Phoenix Sun staff. If any of them, those people are still there, when I, they were just great, man. Great energy. Great to be around. But really, really knew their shit. Like really knew their shit. So. I mean, I had a I had a good time. I mean, Steve is dope. Steve is such a cool talk to us about down Steve. to earth. Yeah, uh, talk to us about Steve. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, you know, leader, uh, lead by example, uh, selfless, uh, incredible talent. Like he got the most out of that body. You know, what I mean, he got them for like an average white. Steve Nash is a Hall of Famer, all MVP. And you would look at him and think like, huh? Like I can see you surfing or skateboarding or being a soccer player like he loves. But Steve was super dope, worked hard. Um, Amari, crazy. They used to call him Hancock, like the superhero that everybody hated. Like it was kind of a joke because he was just about basketball, like basketball. Then, you know, he, he would get he called him his kill spots. He would get to his spots and knock it down. He was fucking strong. He was super talented. Uh, Amari was amazing. Uh, we got Jay Rich midseason. That was a homie from Golden uh, from Golden State, so it was good to 
Little did I know, I'm in the midst of all the crazy shit that happened with, uh, I think I was either there, it had to start when I was there, with, with allegedly people sleeping with people's wives and having kids. Like, I'm there on that team and not even fucking knowing it. Mm. You know, I don't, we, don't, we don't have to say the names because it came out mm -hmm. not too long ago, but it's yeah, just like, yeah. man... Mm. I'm mm. like, damn, but this is also a young Leonardo, or uh, Leandro Barbosa, sixth man of the year. Uh, my dog to this day from that team. I mean, he was super talented, knocking down his threes, doing what he does. Um, Shaq, I mean, come on. I, unfortunately, I've always been a huge fan of Shaq, you know, and what he's been able to do, the most dominant player ever. And I catch him kind of at the tail end of his career. So I still see a little bit, but mm. just getting a chance to know him and, and, and how cool fucking, how cool Shaq. Shaq is yeah, one of the ridiculous. coolest people on earth. I saw you guys have something with Devin George. Mm -hmm. Uh, when he was talking about what he used to do for the young fellas, like I didn't see a ton of that, but just cool ass, like a, a super vet, you know, super vet. So, um, possibly the best vet in NBA of all time. Yeah. He'll give you some salty yeah. shit. I, so I saw him at the end. So he would give you some salty shit every once in a while. Yeah. Or the way he used to call, talk to Bill Cartwright was one of our coaches. He said, Bill, you can't tell me shit. I average 50, 27 and 10 on you. And, and, and Bill, and, and, but Bill had a raspy voice and couldn't really say like, he'd be fuck you, Shaq. Yeah, like Bill, the yeah, way Shaq was. Bill Curry didn't fuck around either, right? Yeah, no, no, Bill, no, he wasn't going for it. But the way Shaq would talk to him was so fucking crazy, bro. It was unbelievable. You know, I kind of felt what, bad. Bro, but when Shaq, I was with the Lakers, right. he was going up to players uh, after the game and picking up their chain and be like, young fella, save your money. <laughs> And like, let the chain fall and like walk away from it. I used to be like, ooh, damn, that shit used to eat. I had to burn. You know yeah. I mean? Because, no. yeah. Shaq at the end was going to lay his resume out there at times. It needed to be laid. It was Sha I had, Shaq made Top that 50. team. Yeah. Shaq made that team. Uh, off the court, it, it, it was done. I have, I have one. And then G Hill. I, I, have, I have a question. So I think Nash, you can love Nash, but he's definitely a contentious topic because he has two mvps somebody like kobe only has one i think shaq shaq have one or two mvps one i'm not sure are you are you are not you on sure. board with steve nash two-time mvp any problem with that should it be held against him that people like kobe only have one no, I mean if you you can't hold shit against Steve for people giving him give a trophy. No, yeah, no. you can't hold shit against. But I'm I'm to the realist of, of of really knowing how motherfucking cold. And obviously, people think, oh, you're always on cold. Like I just gotta have a unique relationship with him. We went from an admiration when I was in high or when I was in college, and he went to the Lakers coming to UCLA to competing to almost fighting to becoming brothers. With all that said, if I didn't know Kobe, Kobe was a cold motherfucker, bro. Cold, he was a killer. Co on every aspect, defense, whatever he needed to do. So it's just like you see Steve and play with Steve and you see his greatness. Obviously, he was a little bit older. I think he was in his 33, 34 when I he played He was with nice. Him. Still nice. Don't get me yeah, wrong. super nice. Yeah. But I don't but. know. Yeah, the butt is there because Kobe yeah. was, was just different. So, but I, And he's definitely playing can't. every game. You can't play yeah, every you game, every minute. Yeah. yeah, you can't hold that shit against Steve, though. Uh, you know, great dude, great person. Um, but yeah, I mean, they gave him the MVPs. Uh, Keep your MVPs, mm -hmm. Nashie. How about, uh, mm -hmm. did, did you have any relationship with Steve Kerr at that point who was running the team? Uh, no, not necessarily. I remember he was being a commentator at the We Believe. So we talked a few times about just how amazing that We Believe run was because he was with TNT at the time. So he was doing comedy. He's just like, I've never felt an arena like that. It was, but it wasn't really no 
you know, no, no real relationship. We would see him around, we would speak, but I didn't have the relationship, obviously, that I have mm. with him now. They said that Steve tried to trade Amari for Curry on draft night or for that pick. Oh, really? He was going to do that. And then, because Golden State didn't think Curry was going to fall, and then he fell. And they mm. said, no, it was like done. Really? Yeah. Wow. Could you imagine that? Steve and Steph. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Early. Uh no, but I think obviously I, I think Mark Jack was instrumental in 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 turning those guys into who that think who they became. But yeah, crazy. What could have what could have been this whole NBA history thing is just a whole string of it's all randomness at the end of the day. Like if that trade could have should have would have could have should for sure that could have I think that could be a cool show of, of finding shit that was supposed. You know, when Melo just said he was supposed to come to our Laker team, I didn't even know that. I was there that time. So we, so listen, so we were supposed to get CP and didn't get him. And then we were supposed to get Mellow and didn't get him. So imagine Cole with CP or, or even Mellow. You know what I mean? It was just like, and we, we were trading hogs away too. LO, I didn't know LO was in both trades. So the, we had LO and Powell were supposed to go to New Orleans for CP, which was voided. And then Mellow says it was supposed to be LO and Bynum for Mellow. And I'm just like, can you imagine like either one of those motherfuckers mm. with Kobe? You know, I'm a, I'm just out there doing whatever the fuck I need to do. I'm gonna hold it down for you guys, but man, the Kobe, Kobe Mellow or Kobe CP, the CP trade is so messed up because like it's a good trade, like you're getting back good players. Could have been beneficial, yeah. Could have been beneficial. Now, who was talking about that on all the smoke? Wasn't Jeannie telling us yeah, how yeah, that yeah. that fell through? They're all at a meeting and something. Yeah, yeah. David Stern. Yeah. Uh, well, Matt, that was mafia. That was that was dope. I appreciate the time, man. I think uh, you know anybody who uses the word journeyman as a diss as a loser i think the fact that you got to play 13 years in the league with kobe and nash and everyone i mean i don't have to tell you we don't have to tell you but um it's dope that you have that perspective and that you like you know it's Mm -hmm. all just it's real life no come on man 14 years in the nba one year of just just other basketball just like 15 years like come on man that's a fucking dream and again it's allowing me to do all this amazing shit we're doing now so i just feel like the nba was a stepping stepping stone to my next career which you know we found so i'm thankful for every minute but yeah i laugh when people oh you did this you did like bitch i did it you didn't so i'm confused on what the problem is so got parts yeah all right fellas i appreciate it man thanks man we'll talk soon For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.